Glad to be here. I feel like I am on a, an assignment from God to speak to you. As I have a, a message that has been coursing through my soul for quite some time, that I, I have preached from this passage I don't know how many times, but, but just recently the Lord made me read it a different way. The reason this passage stands out to me is because it is really the the single passage around which the Apostle Paul was used by the Holy Spirit to write all of the revelation that he had. The revelation of salvation by grace through faith. That righteousness comes one way, by faith. Uh, all of that came out of one event in Abraham's life. His name then was Abram. And it's found in Genesis 15, if you'll take your Bible and turn with me to Genesis 15. Now, now Pastor Brandon, did you get my email this morning? You did. It's up there? All right. Well, I, we're going to go to Galatians chapter 3 in just a minute, but I want you to see something here. In Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 6. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of uh, Damascus? And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and look, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said, So shall thy seed, or thy offspring, or your progeny be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him. The Lord counted it to Abram for righteousness. Now I want you to take, take your Bible quickly, if you have it handy, to, and turn to Galatians chapter 3 and see what it says there. Galatians chapter 3. We begin reading with verse 6. I'm going to slow down in just a moment, but I want to get these scriptures read to you. I believe faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we want to make sure we hear the word of God today. Even as Abram believed, Galatians 3, 6, even as Abram, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, he's, he's using his name that was given to him later, but still identifying the same man, Abram and Abraham. Believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same, the same. Everybody say the same. The same ones are the children of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. I want to give you this quick side note before we plow into this message. Quick side note here is that it says here that the scriptures, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham. The scriptures preached to Abraham. The scriptures preached to Abraham. The problem with that is, is that chronologically the scriptures had not even been written till 400 years later. But this, the Bible is always right. It says the scriptures preached to Abraham. So they were written someplace. Proof of that is, is in the passage we read in Genesis chapter 15. I want you to notice the very first line. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision. It says there he saw the word. He didn't just hear it. This is really powerful. That God showed him some sort of script. He heard it maybe, but the Bible says the word came to him by what he saw in a vision. God began to reveal to him that there was going to be a book written. And that's what Galatians chapter 3 says. I want to, I want to just say before we get too far into this, if you need a word from God, open that Bible you have. 
If you'll start reading the scriptures, there's proof. There's, this is proof that the word of God comes to you in a vision as much as it does from the speaking in your heart or from somebody prophesying or whatever. The word of God is with you. You live in the greatest day in the history of the world that you have the word of God in a vision revealed. I mean, it's just revealed. It's in a book written called the Bible. Is this too deep? All right, good. Hallelujah. I, um, I was thinking about how, how sometimes we hear these things said about us and it makes us feel strange. When I read the book of Ephesians, I teach you the prison epistles. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. Paul wrote them when he was in prison the first time. And Miss Ann and I have been in that prison. It's called the Mamertinum or the Mamertine prison in Rome. And that's where he wrote those, those four letters. He actually probably wrote Second Timothy there too just before his execution. But this is his first imprisonment. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. I've been studying these in an in-depth way uh, afresh. And I read them and, and, and they say such enormous and beautiful and powerful and awe-inspiring things about the body of Christ, about you. It's hard to get your mind around it sometimes. I was, uh, 4th of July, we were all at a big lake house out on Lake Fork, Texas, in East Texas, and... Uh, our church was out there, the One Calls Church that Pastor Eric Holler uh, pastors. And their worship leader was out there, she and her husband and, and a couple of their, their, their two little girls. Two little girls, I don't know how, what their ages are. The younger one, I think, is just about four, not quite four. Her name is Juliet. And ever since she was born, I quoted Shakespeare to her. Little pieces from Romeo and Juliet. This day, she's on my... She's on my big chair. I'm sitting there while they got some sports event on. I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was on all day, and I, I can't tell you what it was because it wasn't the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, listen, listen to me. I heard that Pastor Brandon has had a terrible blind spot, and he has put on the ranks in the ranks of the leadership here. I'm telling you, in the ranks of the leadership right here at this church, a guy named Randy that does not like the Cowboys. I don't know where he is. Where is Randy? He was standing right over there. Man, that, something has to be done. Y'all, y'all indoctrinate him, would you? Anyway, praise God. They beat the Giants, the Philistines, the other night. Praise God. Uh, but uh, we, we, we some some sports thing was on. I wasn't paying any attention to it, and and uh, this little girl comes up there and she's balancing herself on my the arm of my chair. And I looked at her. And the reason she was there was not for me to quote poetry to her, but because she thought I might give her money. <laughs> and she was right. And um, we talked. And, man, I, and I said, But soft, what light through yonder window breaks? Tis the east, and Juliet is the sun. What do you think of that? She said, Awkward. <laughs> you, that's sort of how you feel when you read what Paul writes about us. That we are the children of Abraham. <laughs> it's, it, religion has always had problems with this revelation. Really? It's that easy? It's just that easy? You just believe on Jesus? you got to make it about this and that and this and that and this and that. They try to make it about everything. But what it's really about, which is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel says it all. 
Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And He was buried. And He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Let me say to you, the reason why, why you see people who once walked with God living lives of sin is because they stopped believing. Not because they started sinning. The reason why you see people acting stupid when they shouldn't be acting stupid is not because they started sinning. It's because they stopped believing. Let me say to you, when Eve was first, when Eve, first, what, what was the original sin? We always say, they stole the apple. They ate the apple. <laughs> they ate the forbidden fruit. <sighs> That's if it just hadn't done that. No, 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 no. That was not the problem. That wasn't even the problem at all. The problem was when Satan came and said, has God said? Yeah, He said we can't even look at it or touch it. or I mean, we don't even go near there. I mean, we're going to put up the yellow tape around that tree. Don't. You shall not surely die. And she looked at the tree in a different way when unbelief became her problem. You understand this? Keep your faith switch turned on. You keep believing Jesus died for your sins. Amen. Keep thinking about what He did for you. And keep praising Him for what He did for you. Sin's not going to be a problem with you. I began to think from the passage, this passage of Scripture. I began to think about it again. And I'm big on the laws of hermeneutics. It's, it's how I came to understand the Scriptures. The laws of interpreting the Bible. That's what hermeneutics means. It means it's laws for understanding and interpreting the Scriptures, rightly dividing the Scriptures. And one of the laws of hermeneutics is the law of first mention. If you can find the first time a thing is mentioned, you're likely going to find out what God really means by it. When you find it, all of the places, really, that first mention is what sets the tone. It's the precedent-setting moment. You understand that? I found six precedent-setting moments in this passage of Scripture. Six times... It's first mentioned. And the first thing that is first mentioned in Genesis 15 is the word vision. That word is all through the Scriptures, but the first time it's talked about is right here in this great formative passage with Je in Genesis 15 with Abraham hearing from God and getting his covenant established with God as he receives his righteousness by faith. The first time the word vision is mentioned in the Scriptures is right there in that passage. The word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision. And I just want you to understand this. God wants you as his children. We found that we are the children of Abraham and God wants you to know his plan. Oh, I just wish the Lord would speak to me. Listen, God is speaking to you right now. You are on his side. He is on your side. He doesn't have a whole bunch of friends. He really just has one friend, the church. And he wants you to know his will. It is the will of God for you to know the will of God. There he is. No, that's not him. Where is Randy? Bring him in. I, there you are. I thought you were afraid of me, brother. But uh, All right, I love you too. Bible says I have to. Didn't say I had to like you. Just said I had to love you. No. See, your vision is where you see the Lord. Your vision is where you see the Lord. And it's the answer for lethargy. Anybody here ever feel like you don't want to go to church on Sunday? How many, how many of you have ever woke up on Sunday morning? You're an avid church goer, but you woke up on Sunday morning and said, you know, I don't really feel like going today. Let me see your hands. Pastor, <laughs> you need a revival. <laughs> now they're honest. Praise God. Now, I, I'm the pastor. 
And I've woke, I've awakened and, and, and not felt like going to church. Pastor Brandon, you ever woke up and not feel like going to church yet? It's happened. Yeah. Was that today? Okay. <laughs> Holler's preaching. It's today. Vision is the answer for laziness and lethargy. It's the vision for Luke. I mean, it's the answer for, for lukewarmness. Revelation 3.18, and you don't have to turn there. I'll just read it to you. I counsel you, buy of me gold, tried in the fire, that you may be rich. Jesus is not selling gold, he's selling things of value. And white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of your nakedness does not appear. Jesus isn't selling clothing. He's selling virtue. Value. Virtue. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve that you may see. Again, he's not selling medicine. He's selling vision. Value. Virtue. Vision. And the real problem with the Laodicean church was that they were lazy. Lukewarm. People have said, oh, God would rather have you graveyard dead cold away from him than to have you lukewarm. Not graveyard dead cold. The cold was refreshing. Both things stay in Jesus' mouth. Remember the cold's in his mouth, the hot's in his mouth. He's talking about them preparing a meal for him. He just did not want what happened by itself. Room temperature happens all by itself. Hot and cold are hard to manufacture hard to get in front of a guest so that the, the cold is cold and the hot is hot you ladies who prepare meals for guests you know what i'm talking about to get the hot there and it still be hot and the cold there and it still be cold at the right time it takes a little effort it takes knowing what you're doing to do that jesus is saying this laodicean church was not putting any effort into what they were doing lukewarm it happens all by itself the believer's vision brings god in if you see a if you see gloom if that's all you see you, you need a vision I mean, if your hopes are in this next election, you seriously need a vision. You need a vision from God because it doesn't matter who wins. They're all losers, if you ask me. <laughs> Walt Disney World was, was dedicated. You know, Walt Disney World in Orlando, it was dedicated after Walt passed away. Walter Cronkite was there helping, uh, you know... Uh, kick it off and 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 walt disney's widow was there and they're sitting on the front row and cronkite leans over and he says mrs uh, disney wouldn't it be wonderful if walt could be here to see this she leaned over and she said let me tell you if walt had not already seen it we would not be seeing it right now glory to god Glory to God. Anything in this world comes by people seeing it. They didn't build this theater here because, because uh, of some, some force other than somebody getting a vision. They got a vision, then they started talking about it. Everything happens because you talk about it. Everything happens because you see it. When you talk it, you see it. When you see it, you talk it. Praise God. I mean, I, I, I've come to another first mention here in the Scriptures. How many times do you think uh, uh, fear not is said in the Bible? Somebody counted them up one time, said there's a 365 of them. One for every day of the year. February 29th, you're on your own. But, but every, uh, something, like, something, something like three. <laughs> just don't go out. Uh, three, 300, 365 of them. Somebody told me in, in the Scriptures, fear not, fear not. Fear. I mean, you've got, you got one for every, every day of the year. It's the first time right here in this passage. God said to Abram, fear not, it's the first time it's mentioned, praise God. When you've been made righteous by faith, you have the capacity, you have the ability, you have the God-given right not to be afraid. 
Hallelujah. About 4,000 people every year uh, die on Texas streets and highways in, 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 you know, in auto accidents. I mean, there's this percentage that gets cancer and that percentage that gets heart disease. There's this many dropouts and that many shootings and this many divorces and that many bankruptcies and, and this many illegal aliens and, and that many drug cartels. And I don't know which of those things turns you on or off. But there's all of them. But I always just say to, to all these things, so what? I've got 365, fear not. Amen. If you live your life by how, how bad things are going, then your life will go right along with them. I got 365 fear knots. I was thinking about one of the greatest fear knots in the Bible for me is when the Apostle Peter is in the boat and Jesus says, Come to him. Remember? Peter said, Lord, if that's you, bid me come to you on the water. Now here's the proposition. Bid me, you say the word, for me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. Now, I know he wasn't speaking English, but I sort of see it that way. It's the only language I speak, that and that other one. And, uh, <laughs> yabba dabba do. Anyway, <laughs> so get out of the, get out of the boat. Come. Now, Peter knew he couldn't walk on water, but he knew he could walk on whatever word Jesus laid out there. So is he really walking on water or is he walking on the Word? Well, the answer is yes. Glory to God. You can do anything if you've got a promise on it, if you've got the Word of God on it. Jesus said, come. And I see, I see come written on, C-O-M-E, written right on top of the water. Peter gets down out of the boat. He's standing at the top of the sea there, the, the letter C. And like Indiana Jones, we all remember that? Search of the Lost Ark, you remember that? Or was that the Holy Grail? There's the Grail, yeah. Steps to the bottom of that letter C. And he's doing real good. Except then he notices all he can read from there is, Oh, me. <laughs> Any of you ever been out in the middle of your miracle and think, Oh, me. Well, he keeps walking and he now all he can see is me. And that's how the story goes. When you stop looking at Jesus for your supply, for everything, fear is going to take over. Because if it's all about you, you've lost before you start. Keep focused on Jesus. Your vision is about Him. And when your vision is on Him, amen, fear goes away. Amen. Can I have a good amen here in the house of God? The third, the third word that's a first mentioned word is the word reward. The word reward. I, I don't understand why he didn't get that baby that day. All he got was the promise that day. But let me tell you what you have to learn from God. Is that if God said it, it's as good as done, even if it's going to be quite a few years afterward. Do you know how long God had been calling Abram, father of a multitude? 24 years. From the time he was 75... Till he was 99, God called him father of multitudes. Abram never called himself that. Until chapter 17, when he was 99 years old, God said, I want you to change your name to Abraham. So when Abraham started calling his name himself Abraham, you know, three months later, Sarah conceived. God called him Abraham for 24 years and nothing happened. When Abraham called himself Abraham, three months she conceived. God said it for 24 years. Nothing happened. 
Abraham said it for three months and she conceived. It's not enough that you say, I believe the Bible's true. God said it, that settles it. No, that doesn't settle it at all. It only settles it that you'll say it too. It's only going to happen when you say it. Get it in your mouth. Say what God said. Amen. Can I have a good amen? You've got you to talk like God. If the reward's going to happen for you, you have to be so convinced that you start talking about it, not just hoping for it. Oh, I hope, I hope. You know, the Lord said it. I mean, I hope so. You're going to be hoping for a long time. 24 years God saying it, 3 months Him saying it. Martin Luther preached this. This is not a new thing. The gospel itself is a promise. Christ died for our sins. That's a promise from God that He is no longer angry. I wish, you know, God got over it. I wish, that, I wish preachers would get over it. Stop talking to the people of God about how angry God is. Are you kidding me? He did all that to Jesus. The Lord bruised. It pleased the Lord to bruise Jesus. God took your, your penalty out on Christ. He's not going to judge you. He already judged Him. He's not going to punish you. He already punished Him. I've read the book. I think that's what the gospel means. It's such good news, it sounds like it's too good to be true. And if you hear it, if you hear it in a way that it doesn't sound too good to be true, then it's not the real gospel. The real gospel is Christ died for every sin you ever did commit or ever would commit. Glory to God. That is your whole faith. Everything you, you should know about God is based on what you think and believe about Jesus. Amen. Unashamedly about Jesus. We don't throw Muhammad in that deal. No, no, he's not in that. We don't throw Buddha in that deal. No, no, we don't throw Oprah in that deal. No, I'm just, just kidding. God bless Oprah, one of the most generous people in, in the world. The fourth word that's a first mentioned word is the word air. Air. Wow. Air. How many of you realize that you are heirs with Christ? And joint heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. That is, whatever Christ gets from God, you get from God. Whatever God is willing to give Jesus, He's willing to give you. But here's how religion has so perverted the gospel. Religion says you get it all when you go to heaven. How many of you had that idea when you first, you know, started listening to what the preachers were saying? That you get your reward when you go to heaven. Let me see your hand. Do you know that you going to heaven is not how God rewards you for having done well? You going to heaven is how God rewards Jesus for what He did. You're the prize that God gives to Jesus. You going to heaven is not about you. It's about Him. What you get when you get there is about what you've done. And what you get when you receive now is about what you believed for. See, what religion has done is says, your uncle, your uncle Eugene, he's died. You need to come to the reading of the will. What's your name? So Russ shows up at Uncle Eugene's reading of the will. Now Uncle Eugene had about three, three or four trillion dollars. And I got good news for you. Russ, you're going to want to be here because I mean, man, your uncle was rich. So Russ gets down there and they sit down and they pull out the will. Read it. And to my beloved nephew, Russ. I leave all my trillions of dollars. All my worldly goods go to Russ. 
with this with no conditions but this one. Russ has to die before he gets any of it. We loved, we, we, we loved Uncle New Gene there for a little bit, didn't we? Turns out he's a jerk. Turns out he's just a jerk. What kind of God make, leaves us in the will, but makes the heirs have to die before they get it? That's not the way wills work. The one who writes the will has to die before the heirs get it. I have news for you. Jesus already died. And I have better news. He rose again to be His own attorney to execute the will. Glory to God. Back in the Bolshevik days and the overthrow and the establishment of communism in Russia, a little girl was going to a Bible study. Teenage girl. Bolsheviks rode up on horses whole bunch of them. Where are you going, little girl? And they had plans for her. She said, Oh, Jesus, help me. Help me. I, I can't lie to them. Help me. What do I say? And instantly she got an idea. She said, Well, my elder brother has died. And I'm going for the reading of the will. She's going to a Bible study. <laughs> and they let her go. <laughs> Amen. Y'all have all shown up at the reading of the will today. It's not always easy being a part of this family, though, because not everybody in the family acts like they belong here. Have you noticed that? Don't look at anybody directly. Just keep looking forward. <laughs> But you've noticed that, right? I can't help it. I keep looking right at Joey Huffman when I think about that. But I, The uh, story goes that they were headed home from church after they dedicated the new baby of the family. Little boy sitting in the back seat. Six-year-old crying and crying and crying. Finally, Dad says, Billy, just be quiet. Why are you crying so? What's the matter? Well, what the preacher said at the dedication. Well, what are you talking about? Well, he said he wanted us raised in a good Christian home, but I really want to stay with y'all. <laughs> well, I'm not saying... I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying that the people of God always act like they're heirs or that they... That they uh, but this is the family you're supposed to be a part of. Can I get a good amen? Amen. I'm almost finished. The first time the word faith or believe is mentioned, it's in this passage. The very first time God in the Bible, I mean, it could have been in chapter 13, it could have been in chapter 9, it could have been in chapter 3, it could have been any of those 14 previous chapters, but none of these words were in those chapters. The first time they appear is in this encounter with God that Abram had. Faith and believing. I'm going to move along. First time the word righteousness is in the Bible. It's right there. The first time the word righteousness is in the Bible. It's there. 
I want you to understand something. When Abram parted ways with Lot, I think it's chapter 16, maybe. Maybe before that. 14, chapter 14. Abram parted ways with Lot. Abram stood upon the mesa and they looked out over the land. And Abram says to Lot, you choose where you want to go. If you go to the left hand, I will go to the right. If you choose to go to the right, I will go to the left. I asked myself the question, why would Abram put his future in Lot's, Lot and Salty's hands? <laughs> I guess that was her name. I don't know. Why, 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 why would he do that? Why would he put his, 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 his future in their hands? You go to the left, I'll go to the right. You go to the right, I'll go to the left. Like it didn't, oh, like it didn't matter where he was. Do you understand this? You need to get it in your mind, especially if you're in college or if you're in the military. Get it in your mind. God's not going to bless you because of where you are. He's going to bless you because of who you are. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. With faith in your heart, you don't get blessed because of where you are. You get blessed because you are blessed. Lord, where do you want me? Don't worry about that. Just be you. Just be you. He'll use you. If you're always thinking you're in the wrong place, you'll always feel like you're the wrong person. Amen. He might just be waiting on you to tell him where you want to be. Five, six things. Vision. Fear nots. Reward. Air. Faith. And righteousness. All these first mentioned things. Do you, do you see how they all go together? Your vision. Your lack of fear. Your rewards. The fact that you are in there. Not that just you have things, but you have a right to those things. Believing God and righteousness. I don't know what that does to you, but that blesses my life. The thought that all these things happen. And what Paul pulls out of this is it, that Abram was made righteous by what he believed. I want to ask you to bow your heads for a minute. Father, I want to say thank you, first of all, for the opportunity to speak this word to these, your people. So many through the years that we've been a part of their lives, watched them grow, watched many of them even grow up. I'm asking in Jesus' name now, that this word will be like seeds planted into good soil. That every heart here will receive what it needed from this message today. I ask in the name of Jesus that the grandeur of it will grip them. And that every hurt 